Welcome to a What's Up Welland conversation where we, for a change, get back into looking at what's going on in our community. And we have the pleasure today of speaking with Carolyn Graham, Program Manager of Youth Services at the John Howard Society of Niagara. And this is a conversation all about the Strengthening Families for the Future program. Wow, lots of mouthfuls there on guest organization program, but we get to dive into what is this program? What's it all about? Who does it serve? Well, that's exactly it, Paul. I think, you know, all of those questions will be answered by Carolyn uh, and looking forward to hearing what she has to say about it because it's a great program that is being offered here in the community. And I think it's something very timely right now, given the pressures that individuals, but especially families, uh, are, are facing just with the rising cost of seemingly everything. So um, yeah, really looking forward to speaking with Carolyn today to find out more about this program, what they're up to, what it looks like, uh, and certainly how people can uh, can access the services if they need them. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Carolyn. Joining us today is Carolyn Graham, Program Manager of Youth Services for the John Howard Society of Niagara, and we have the pleasure of speaking with her about one program in particular, and that is Strengthening Families for the Future. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining What's Up Welland to talk about this program, and just if if we expand beyond that, what, what else John Howard Society is doing within Niagara? Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. I'm excited, but a little nervous, but... Uh... We're good. That nervous is going <laughs> to burn off. Well, let's say right now. First and foremost, what is Strengthening Families for the Future? Strengthening Families for the Future, it's a wonderful, wonderful program in my eyes, if I should say so myself. Um, it is a program that is supports families, supports children. Um, it actually is looking to reduce uh, risk factors in families and children, um, build resilience within families, strengthen the families, and also provide families a way of um, having out, having an outlet, giving, giving families a chance to talk to other families to think that, you know what, I'm not the only one that's in this, in this, in this situation that deals with these situations. So I think it's, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just to support families, to decrease family conflict, to work on positive communication, provide positive parenting skills because we have families that um, come into the program that they may not have had the best role models, right? So it's, it's working to, you know, to change those. How, how was this developed? How did it come to be? And, you know, you touched on a couple of the, uh, I'll say topics for lack of a better word, just, you know, whether it's communication skills or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, overcoming some of those things. What what challenges are most presented for these families? Um, is there anything in particular that you see a lot of? Like, what, what are we talking about uh, in that area? Well, to start on what you first asked, um, how, how was it developed? It was actually developed not in Canada. It was developed in the United States by a professor by the name of Carol Comfort, Dr. Carol Comfort. She was a psychologist. Um, at the University of Utah. It's an evidence-based program. And she actually created this. Uh, it initially started to support families and parents to give them 
give them tools to to work through um, supporting their children, and they have they had addiction issues, so that's the program actually came from addiction. Um, then f- the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH in Ontario, they actually saw this program and they wanted to develop it to d- develop it for Canada. Um, so they did an extensive evaluation and they, you know, it, they kind of updated it and Canadianized it and made it, um, um, made it ours. So they had a lot of treatment agencies in Ontario that, that looked at the program and tried the program out with their families and they actually um you know they they provided their input to to make it what the program what it is now um it's a manualized program it's there is uh it's it's simple simple to do we have a manual for parents for children for teens um and then there's uh child care as well and just what some of the struggles the families may have it could be what i touched on earlier is that um they may not have given been provided the tools from their parents right we it's multi-generational we you know we've seen it go from generation to generation to generation so we're trying to break that and give them the strategies and the tools and supports and it's not only the supports that we give within the classroom it's the outside supports that we can provide where the whether it's um you know setting them up with an employment counselor at the job gym, right? Because the John Howard Society, the employment part of John Howard is job gym or setting them, setting them up to do, um, you know, work, go to our youth wellness hub with, with the kids or to uh, go to a different agency. It's, there's so many different, different things that we can do with these families. So you described this as being a program that migrated from the States, mm-hmm. Camp H, then manualized it, and then helped get it uh, implemented through John Howard Society. Right. Is it something that grows and changes annually? Is it fairly set in that this is how it's operating, therefore it will continue to operate that way? And I ask along the lines of, if you then see opportunities by people being in this program and then how they get connected to other services Mm -hmm. with John Howard... How much give and take is there to just how that this program unfolds and and grows and changes as what you are seeing around you grows and changes? And the program has changed uh, drastically since it came to Niagara. So back in 2008, um, there were people from CAMH that came in and they did a uh, facilitation presentation to a group of uh, Niagara District Catholic School Board staff. They saw it. They thought it was absolutely amazing. Um, and they wanted to bring it to Niagara. So what was created from that um, was the Strengthening Families for the Future Niagara Coalition. And in that coalition, we had people from the school board. We had people, both school boards, actually all school boards, um, from Pathstone, from Casson, from Powerhouse, from Quest, from Fax. Um, John Howard, there was a group of people, um, and they created this coalition, Family and Children's Services, they began running the program very, very grassroots at different school, a couple of different schools in the Niagara region. And then the coalition thought that it needed to get bigger, it needed to be brought to more people than just a couple of elementary schools. Um, So 
there was a proposal that was written to Niagara Prosperity Initiative, and we were lucky enough to receive that funding for quite a few years. Um, when that happened, John Howard, <clears throat> excuse me, John Howard ended up taking on the role of a, it's not leader, but um, the coordinator of the program. And we had partnerships back then. We wanted to to have three different sites. So we had Quest, we had Niagara Falls Community Health Center, and we had the John Howard Society. So those were those, that's where those original sites took, ended up. Um, trying to think of where I'm going. So yeah, it, it, as far as the program morphing, it's always morphing and changing. Um, I used to, to coordinate the program off the, off the side of my desk uh, with the Niagara Prosperity Initiative. I was able to, we were able to have a program coordinator. That program coordinator is Carolee Carson Simpson. She's unable to be here that today, otherwise she would be sitting beside me. Um, and she's, she's been wonderful in that role. So with, with the role, she actually saw a need um, to do kind of like a teen parent program. So this past September, <clears throat> we did, um, we had four, four youth um, that were parents, and we wanted to do a strengthening families for them, but we didn't think that they would feel comfortable being in the parent group of, of the original strengthening families. So she created one specifically for them, uh, did use some of the material from the strengthening families, but also added other things that could help these teens. And, you know, making your own baby food and first aid CPR and choking, um, baby massage, uh, so many different things. Like it, it was just amazing. And that's something that we want to, you know, we would love to do it all the time, but unfortunately we don't have the budget for it. But I mean, that's something that's kind of morphed from, from that just based on the needs and just, you know, hearing what the, what the kids are saying and saying, you know what, I'd, I'd like to do this program, but I don't feel comfortable sitting in a room with, you know, somebody that's 30. Right. I mean, in, in their definition, that's very old when, when you're 16. Yeah. Right. So um, I hope I answered what you were what you would ask. Absolutely. So if, if I'm listening to this right now and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is a program, this is a service that me and my family could really benefit from. How do I go about starting that? How do I register? How do I get uh, engaged with you. Walk mm -hmm. us through that process. It's very, very simple. Um, we can be re I can be reached. Carolee can be reached at our office, um, whether it's contacting us via phone at the John Howard Society, sending us an email. Um, it's we we get referrals from uh, different partners. We get referrals from Family and Children's Services. We get referrals from different uh, agencies. We have referrals come in from schools. Um, it's, it's just a matter of contacting us. We take down your name. And then once it comes close, I mean, right now we have a list waiting, you know, for our September start of probably about 15 or 20 families we're hoping and it, and we don't have a set number for our families it, it really depends on the number of individuals that are in each family you know we could have you know 10 families 
that it's only the parents and, and a child, right? Or we could have five families where there's seven children each. So it, it really varies. So yeah, it's just a matter of contacting our office. Um, our receptionist will contact to direct that person to us. We'll take the name and contact information. And once we start doing the intake process, we would contact the family, complete a, it's an intake form, just asking, you know, different things about them, contact information, dietary, dietary restrictions, because we do provide food for the, uh, for the families. Um, as well as what they're looking to get out of the program, what their goals are, and anything else that we need to know about the family, whether there's some somebody that um, is on specific medication, or if there's a child that's a runner that we need to we need to make sure that we're we're keeping an extra eye on because we do have you know myself and Carol Lee that are involved in this program, but there's no other staff. It's it's strictly run by volunteers, so that's. Um, you know, we, we need to know that information. Carolyn, you gave me so much to work with right now. So <laughs> bear with me as my, my brain catches up with, with my words. So opportune that we are having this conversation now that your next uh, cohort or your next group begins. Um, so along those lines, and I'm notorious for double-barreled questions, this might be triple. Um, <laughs> as a new group is about to begin... How many sessions does this look like? What do people that are part of a new intake, what can they anticipate? What is that? How many is this weekly? How many sessions are they a part of? And then the fact that you, I, I mean, you speak to really getting to know your, uh, your participants so that you can structure dietary needs, um, just it, the engagement needs around what their, their situation is. If there is a bit of a general, what is the experience? What is the feeling for people who are going to be participating in this program? The duration, just I guess session to session. What's that overall? This is what you're in store for. So the program uh, runs for 14 sessions and it's weekly. So we usually do it. Um, we, we found that Tuesday is a good day because, you know, sometimes, I mean, we have holidays on Monday and we, and we, you know, sometimes have holidays on Friday. So we usually do it every Tuesday from 4 to 6.30. <clears throat> and the first hour is all of the individual programs. So even though this program is com for the whole family, uh, so we have between 4 and 5, we have the parent fa parent uh, session, the children's session, the teen session, and then we also have child care. At 5 o'clock, everybody comes together for a catered meal. Um, and you know, we, we, we try to get, um, you know, a variety of foods and, and mix it up on a weekly basis. It's not just, you know, every week is not pizza or, you know, it's, you know, we want nutritional foods. Um, and then at everybody, the, those families eat together between five and five forty-five, And then between five forty-five and six thirty, we have the family session. Everybody takes part in that. Um, with the exception of the, <clears throat> excuse me, what we call the littles, the, the toddlers. And because, you know, we don't think that they're going to get, get much out of the sessions. And 
they want to play, right? So we have, like I said, we have volunteers that, you know, are responsible for each group. So we would have another volunteer or two volunteers, depending on how many littles, littles we had. And then uh, they would go back into childcare. And then once the session is over, um, the way that we structure the program is we kind of build from week to week to week um, with that material. Sometimes we provide homework. So at the end of the session, we would, you know, say, you know, this is what you're going to work on next week. And, and we'll talk about it n- next week when you come in. Um, and then the families would go home. Some of the families come to us, uh, and they're, the children are in care or they're in kinship, kinship. So they would go home with the volunteer drivers, uh, or they go home with their parents and, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of, kind of the way it is from week to week. And obviously, um, with the supper, we always have, we get takeout containers and we always give, give the takeout to the families, um, at the end of the session so they can, you know, have supper for the next day or they can have lunch for the kids, um, just for the, for the duration of the, of the sessions for the, for the weekly ones, um, midway through the 14 weeks, we offer incentives. So we provide grocery cards to the parents, um, and that is geared towards the number in the family. So it's not one size fits all. It would be, you know, a denomination based on how many fam- how many family members are in there. When we do that incentive as well, we would provide a gift to the kids. Um, and Carolee, she's, you know, she's she's great. And like I said, she she tries to, you know, gather information from the parents and the kids on what what they're interested in, in order to get that gift for that child that, you know, that they, that they want, or they like, or they enjoy. Um, And then at the end of the session, the end of the 14 weeks, we would have uh, provide grocery cards again to the families. And we have a party, we have a celebration, we have cake or cupcakes. And that time we usually have pizza or, uh, you know, we've, we've done it at Christmas time. We've, we've had turkey and all the trimmings and, um, just to try to make it a celebration and try to make it the best for, best for these families. And, you know, we have families at the end that are saying, Oh, I'm going to miss this. I, you know, I, I, I want to come back and, and I want to do it again. And we have had families that have done it, you know, numerous times just based on the situations in their lives. And, you know, there's families that exchange contact information and start having play dates and, and, you know, they've, they've found new friends and, and new friends for the kids and new friends for the parents. So Carolyn, I would imagine that anytime you have uh, these cohorts of people who are coming through your programs and services, um, you know, whether it's the kids, the adults, whoever, there's, I've got to believe there, there's some memorable people, some memorable mm-hmm. stories, uh, things that particularly stick out for you. Can you share with us any one story that maybe comes top of mind with any of the families or the people that you've met and worked with through this program? Um, yeah, there's, there's so many and there's so many, so many people, but just, I mean, just even talking about a celebration and, and, and a Christmas thing is that, um, we had one family, um, that was in the program and the kids were in care 
and uh, the last session. It was just before Christmas. We were having the Christmas celebration, and the mother and the kids were going to court to see if uh, they were going to get the child. The, the kids were going to be able to come back and and you know be back with uh, be back with mom. Um, it was really it, it was very sad because every week the you know the young lady she would she would get upset and because she wanted to be back with her mom so you know we were all on pins and needles and she was going to be coming to the session late because she was going to court she came in there and she was screaming her head off and the kids were crying and yelling and so i mean the bottom line is is that it was, it was a double celebration because you know she had done all the work in order to get the kids to come back to her family uh to come back to her house and um yeah it was it, it was it was so exciting it was so happy everybody was crying and you know it was it was just that's one that's one that really sticks out in my head i mean there's 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 so many but that's just one that i can i can think of because it was you know it was our celebration for the program for the end of the program and and you know she she got that and and we got to see that and she had her kids come home for christmas so I have no doubt you could probably write a book just <laughs> off of the experiences you've had, the success stories that you've been able to see. And it's not even just see, you get to experience it. You get to feel it at the same time that, uh, well, let's say your graduates are are experiencing it. And that's got to be something special for you and, mm-hmm. and Carolee. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us to bring awareness of strengthening families to the podcast, to our community, because for people who, who may not be familiar with exactly what this program is about, what a brilliant, uh, a brilliant glimpse into it. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So thank you again to Carolyn Graham for joining us today on what's up. Well, and, um, I had no idea about this program, Paul. I, d- I didn't know it existed. I didn't know subsequently then what it was about and uh the people that it it served and you know what the program offers people in our community and beyond so it was a really great insight and i think you touched on that right near the end of our conversation just you know part of the reason we do these podcasts is to learn and educate ourselves and the community by extension uh, about the things that are happening and available within the city of Welland. Uh, and, and what a great program. I mean, strengthening families for the future is, I mean, find a fault in that. You can't. There's only good things, I would imagine, that can come from strengthening families in the future. So, uh, you know, again, great, uh, great to chat with, with Carolyn today. I knew that you were going to go into this without having much awareness of the program. And and I'm glad you did because it's one of those conversations where I had the fortune of meeting Carolyn and Carolee in person at Job Gym at John Howard Society of Niagara. And it was a nice conversation in the moment. It was nice to experience and see what the program looked like, knowing full well this is an inevitable conversation for the podcast because, as you said, if you don't know about these these programs, how do you get to talk about them, highlight them, bring them to that that greater awareness in the community? And it, it was at the top of our conversation that I really uh, got a kick out of Carolyn talking about how this program was brought from the States and how it has been shaped to fit the needs here. And the fact that it's a program that will grow and change 
as those needs uh, are presented, the fact that this is a hub that then connects people with other services through John Howard Society, it was just great to hear because I don't recall that being part of my my initial chat with them. So, I mean, it's, as you said, these are episodes that are education for us, education for the community. And at the end of the day, that's exactly why we have these conversations. So this conversation fits into every other conversation one way or the other that we get to have on What's Up Welland. And you would know that if you are visiting and checking us out on engagewelland.ca slash podcast. Go there for everything that has happened before and keep going there for everything that we have in store for the rest of this season. Thank you.